This week, we're going to dive into the question of who is your teacher? This week in our in-person services, we're recognizing and praying for our teaching staffs on both campuses at the United School, which operates independent of Shepherd but uses some of our space, and then our own Shepherd Preschool, praying that the teachers would be given wisdom, energy, enthusiasm for the year ahead, that their classrooms would be blessed, and that learning would take place in, in great ways, and that students would develop into strong and, and independent thinking uh, young people. You know, when it comes to teachers, there's two things that they really communicate. And it's not curriculum, and it's not uh, particular topics or, or subjects of teaching. It's wisdom and knowledge. You see, knowledge is the, the what of life. That's where that curriculum side of thing comes in, where you need to learn how to count. You need to learn to recognize colors. You need to learn the alphabet and how to read. Now, I spend a lot of time at the preschool, so that's why I'm picking those rather uh, elementary topics. But eventually, you do get to things like economics and physics and advanced uh, mathematics and political science. All these things are important. And it's the what of life. How do I actually go through life and interact with people and, and live and speak, articulate myself, function in a society? But the other thing that teachers teach is wisdom. And wisdom is more about the, the how of life. What is it that I need to do to live wisely? That is to make good decisions. How do I treat my neighbor? How do I share the things that I have? Or how do I share space with someone? How do I communicate something that I disagree with without sounding disrespectful? How do I form friendships? All of these uh, more wisdom questions are also communicated to us, taught to us by the teachers we have in life. Now, of course, I mean teachers in classrooms. But on top of that, I also am talking about the teachers that we have in life, maybe like our parents or mentors or important friends to us or people that we find influential to us. All of these different people are teachers and they're communicating and teaching to us wisdom and knowledge in everything that they do because we are people who learn constantly. It's one of those uh, characteristics of human nature. And here's, here's what I mean. Uh, human beings do not live forever. In fact, we don't even get to see the extent of human existence on this earth. Instead, we are given a little sliver of time, our lifetime, from birth to our grave, in which to function, live, and learn. But there's things that we have learned as a people, humankind, that we pass along through those archives of time, so that we don't each have to start over at square one without knowing anything and discover the world on our own. No, we use teachers school systems, relationships with parents, relationships with mentors and friendships, all of these things teach us things about life that humankind has learned because none of us is infinite. Instead, we are finite. That is, we are restricted to a particular amount of time on this earth. And that reflects our uh, brokenness, our own uh, need for help in making it through life. You see, God is infinite. He designed the world out of his eternal wisdom and creativity and love that we might bring glory to him by having a relationship with him and caring for the creation that he blesses us with. But he also knew that in the finiteness, that is the restricted lifetime of human beings, we would need teachers to pass along the important knowledge that we learned over the course of generations of people. And so he established teaching for his people as well. This week, we're taking a look at 
a book in the Old Testament called Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is just a word that means second law. It was one of the books of the Bible that Moses wrote that communicated God's instructions to his people as they made their way out of Egypt into the promised land. And so as they were looking out over this land that God has established for them, he was giving them instructions and commandments that they wouldn't forget the things he had done for them and would remember to do the things he was instructing and willing them to do. And so Moses stood before the people and he encouraged them uh, to remember the things God had taught them. So listen to these verses from Deuteronomy 4. Moses is speaking, And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you might live, so you may enter and occupy the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence, that knowledge among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, How wise and prudent are the people of this great nation! For what great nation has a God as near to them as our God is near to us, whenever we call on Him? And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I'm giving you today? But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live, and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. You see, Moses is establishing with God's people, these people that God has chosen. We know them as the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. God chose those people, calling their ancestor Abraham out of the whole world to be his family, his people, through whom he would bring a savior for the world. This nation was going to be who God was going to use to establish a relationship with humanity once again. Because the reality is, we all are broken and imperfect. That is, we do not exist with a pre-established relationship with God. It's something that needs to be taught to us. It's something that needs to be shown to us, communicated to us beyond ourselves. We don't come hardwired with readiness to just plug into a relationship with God. No, this is something that we need to learn. And it's something that God used instruction, teaching, to pass along through his generations of his people as he eventually brought about Jesus into the world. And so Moses is instructing the people that they would pass on this wisdom, right? The how of life and this intelligence, this knowledge, the what of life, so that people would know this truth about God, that he made them, that he loved them, that through them he would bring about salvation. And also this wisdom that God wanted them to live honorable lives, to live lives uh, characterized by love for their neighbors and love for their God. And that truth, right? These instructions that his people had, if they were to follow them, if they were to live by them, that would also produce to the nations around them a witness to what it means to have that relationship with God. And so these nations that weren't chosen by God to bring about a savior would still see his people, still see the nation of Israel and recognize that there was something different, something special about them. They had a relationship with God. And if they repented from their old ways, that is, if they turned back from their self-serving, selfish ways and followed the God of Israel, the one true God, the God who established the universe and brought about salvation for all who would believe, they would enter into that relationship with God as well. You see, each of us has that same calling put upon us. 
our finite nature, right? The fact that we don't live forever, the fact that we don't know everything when we come into the world, all of that is evidence that we are not perfect. We are not whole. In fact, we have brokenness in us and we call that brokenness sin. Whether it be illness and sickness or natural disasters that prove to us that we are under the effects of sin or the struggles we have right? The struggles we have to live in an honorable way, the struggles we have to love our neighbors and to put God above all things, right? We struggle with sin in the choices we make, in the thoughts that we have. And so God established his people to bring about instruction, to carry on that teaching so that all might eventually hear about his message. And the message is this, Jesus came into the world to teach about the kingdom of God being established through the faith that was growing in the people that recognized him as God's son. And when that message was not heard well, eventually that message even had him put to death on a cross, right? The blood that poured out from his wounds, from the nails in his hands and feet, from the spear in his side, that blood covers the brokenness and sin that we all have and allows us to enter into a relationship with God, even though we are broken, even though we are sinful. Jesus' death pays for our imperfections. And when he was resurrected, he was vindicated. That is, he was proven to be right by God. And so we know we can trust his teaching, his message. Jesus' teaching is, of course, the most important of all. And he uses people like you and me to carry on and to continue that teaching into the world around us. Because the teaching of the Bible is not like the lessons that we learn in school. Whether it be wisdom or knowledge, something sets this teaching about Jesus apart. You see, uh, God's word instructs us, the Bible instructs us about how uh, these words right? These verses, these teachings, the person of Jesus, uh, pastors and leaders in churches who communicate that message to us, right? All of those iterations of God's teaching are not passive, but they are active, right? They are constantly at work to convict us of our brokenness, to help us to see that we are not uh, made whole. We are not complete in and of ourselves. We struggle with brokenness. We struggle with sickness. We struggle with selfishness, And so God's word convicts us, helps us to see that we need him. But at the same time, God's word comforts us and heals us and forgives us. You see, God's word actively heals and reconnects us, renews our hearts and minds into a relationship with God. And that relationship with God helps us to live better lives. It helps us to recognize we are his people, not our own. And we are a part of his plan to share that message of love and and teaching to the world around us. So the question I want to ask you again is this. Who is your teacher? That is, where do you go for your information? Who's teaching you about life? Is it God's word? Is it church? Is it Jesus himself as you hear about his word from pastors or from spiritual leaders? Or do you go to uh, political voices for your teaching? Do you go to celebrities for your teaching? Do you search online for the most reputable sources of information? And, And the truth is all of those things will point you back to one place. All those other voices in the world are always going to point you back to yourself. They're going to tell you that you have the best, uh, stance the best perspective on life to know what's going to make you happy, to know what's going to make you better, to know what's going to make you whole. 
But the fact of the matter is this. We in our brokenness are not uh, stable foundations of knowledge. We are not uh, something that is constant through life. In fact, you probably can think back to a time where all of your personal thoughts or your, your own philosophies, your own political stance, right, was one way. And as you grew, you recognized that that was maybe foolish or that was an incomplete perspective on how the world worked. You see, we are not able to know everything we need to know about the world outside of a relationship with God. But he steps into our lives. And when he is your teacher, whether that be through the people that teach you about him, whether that be through your daily time in the word or the time that you gather with others in worship, right? He is the one who is able to communicate to you the things that you need to know that we are made by God, that he loves us and that he calls us to live a life of love toward our neighbors. This is the teaching of God. And that teaching, remember, doesn't just uh, come to us as something we need to remember, but it actually impacts us in a real way. It convicts us and it comforts us, right? It tells us we, we are sinful and we need God, but it provides God for us and it puts us on the road of healing and renewal as we are his people. So that question of who is your teacher, if it's not God's word, I would just implore you, I encourage you, I'm begging you to establish in your life the recognition that God is your teacher, that he is the one who's going to give you information you can count on, wisdom and knowledge that will carry you through this life and well into the eternal life, the next life that we have with him in heaven. But the other question I have for you is this, who are you teaching? You see, just as uh, our human finite nature, right, the fact that we have a restricted amount of time on this earth means that we constantly need to be looking to teachers for, for instruction and for commands to pass wisdom and knowledge to us. We also are a teacher ourselves. God puts people in our lives who look to us as teachers. Who are you impacting? What are you teaching them? The message, is it leading them back to a relationship with God or is it telling them to rely on themselves? You see, we can't do it on our own. So just as we rely on the teachers God gives us for instruction, we need to make sure that we are faithful teachers as well. We will fail. We will continue to struggle in this vocation, this calling that we have from God. But the truth is that same word of God that is actively teaching us how to live better lives is providing comfort and healing for us in those moments as well. God made you. God loves you. He calls you to live a life of love because he has given you teachers and he has also made you a teacher as well. So go about your week. I would just encourage you to keep those questions in your mind. Who is your teacher and who are you teaching? Is there a way that what you say or what you do might better communicate the truth that God loves you and made you and calls you to live a life of love yourself? Is there something you can do to help communicate that wisdom of God that teaches us to look at our neighbors the way that he sees them? As someone who uh, he loves and, and someone for whom Jesus died, who are you teaching? Who is your teacher? Let those questions guide you through this week.